Who is your master, the law or the lawgiver? Do you know God or are you under the law or are you in a relationship with God or are you in a relationship with the law? Are you under grace or are you under the law? Hi, my name is Michael Tuck and I'm the associate pastor here at Bacon's Castle Baptist Church. We are a local church in Surrey, Virginia, dedicated to making disciples of Jesus Christ. This is the weekly podcast that we put out for our local church family and the church as a whole. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. I get the privilege of normally filling this desk and teaching from this platform most Sundays. But this morning, I, uh, I'm here to uh, introduce a, a special speaker for us today. About a month or two ago, Michael Lane came to me and he said, Jimmy... He said, uh, I have a testimony I want to share. And uh, it's a little bit lengthy. And uh, so we had a number of things on the, on the schedule that morning for our worship time. And I said, well, the next couple of weeks probably aren't going to work out, but maybe, maybe after that. And in the meantime, a, a mutual friend of ours was talking with him and encouraged him, why don't you preach and share a testimony, share your testimony in the midst of your preaching. And uh, so uh, Michael asked me and uh, and I thought it was a wonderful idea. So this morning, you're going to hear from our own Michael Lane. You know, Michael, uh, when he was a child, spent many, many hours at my house uh, as he was uh, my youngest son's best friend for a long time. And uh, so, Michael, I'm, I'm prayerfully looking forward to hearing what God's laid on your heart. And uh, I know this is going to, to come from your heart. I've been up here a lot, but not very much in this way. Um, most of the time in the way that Ronnie just played. Thank you, Ronnie, by the way, for playing and for just serving that way. I've been up here a lot, but this is a little bit different. I've grown up in this church my whole life. Most of you know me and you know me well. You know the mistakes that I've made. A lot of you have experienced those mistakes firsthand. There've been a lot of them. And honestly, that kind of makes it a little bit difficult to do this. But I'm just asking, would you just put all that to the side? Is what I'm just wanting to share this morning is from my heart. And it's my personal testimony uh, to go along with it. What I'm going to share is not new. It's not complicated. Um, we just went over it a year ago when Jimmy went through Galatians a year ago. So this isn't anything new. It's just so important. It's so important. And for the past several years, I've just fallen off course and come to a misunderstanding with it. So I might be the only one that that happened to, and, and I hope I am. What I'm going to share, like I hope I'm the only one who kind of fell off course in this regard, but I doubt it. I doubt it. And my hope is that... What I really needed to hear will be exactly what you need to hear this morning if you're in that same place, and that this might be a catalyst to jumpstart and kind of return you uh, back to your journey with faith. So I'm up here to share from my heart and what's just really impacted me and just recently changed my outlook on everything. So turn to Galatians 3 this morning. The crux of the message is going to be from Galatians 3. We're going to jump around a little bit. 
Um, but just know when we jump around, don't worry about going there. It's going to be on the screen behind me this morning. We have everything up there. So just follow along uh, when we jump around. So the title of the message to you this morning is, Who is your master? The law or the lawgiver? And another way of saying that is, do you know God? Or are you under the law? Or are you in a relationship with God? Or are you in a relationship with the law? Are you under grace? Or are you under the law? I'm going to share some things from Scripture first, and then share my personal testimony, and then tie that back into Scripture. There's, there's going to be several points throughout, but don't lose sight of this. Are you serving the law, or are you serving the law giver? Don't lose sight of that. So before we start reading in Galatians 1, let me just provide a little bit of context um, and summarize chapter 2. So in the end of chapter 2, Paul's trying to make it clear to who he's writing to that you are not justified by the law, by your works. That righteousness is not obtained by works of the law. On the contrary, you are justified by faith in Christ. That you have died to the law, that you might live to God. That you might live by faith in the Son of God. And I'm going to assume that most all of you believe that. But I'm also going to assume that even though most all of you think you believe that, because at one point you probably or definitely did believe that, I'm going to assume there's going to be some of you, like me, whom that just goes right over your head. And that you're completely blind to where you are right now. So I'm not speaking to all of you. I was thinking about how to explain this. If you are musical at all, you know that you have, like, if you play guitar, there's your favorite chord. And when somebody plays that chord, it's like, ah, oh, I just, I love that chord. So most of you are going to be in that group today. You're going to hear, hopefully, a chord of truth, and you're going to be like, yes, I like that chord. That's what I'm hoping, at least. But then there's going to be some of you, it's like, I've never heard that chord before. I, I've never heard that. And then some of you be like, I've forgotten all about that chord. Those are the two groups that I'm speaking to today. Um, so hopefully all can benefit. But and if you're in one of those two groups, I mean, I have no idea who you are. But I'm asking God right now, and if you could, let's just pray for a minute. God, would you just poke and stir in the hearts of anybody who might need to hear this message this morning that you would just lead them to faith right now. God, would you help me to just say only what you want me to say, only from what's in your word, only from in your direction, God. Just be with me, but Lord, work in the hearts of your people this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So Galatians 3.1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, 
Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supply the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness? Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man, the man of faith. Again, are you reconciled to God by the law or by faith? Which one? This is where we're going to get into the meat of the message. Verse 10. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written... Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who who is hanged on a tree, So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Point number one, being under the law is being under a curse. Paul says in verse 10 that you are cursed if you do not do all the things written in the law. Now, if you go to the passage that Paul's quoting from, it's Deuteronomy 27, verse 26. If you go to that passage, you'll find that it says, Cursed be anyone who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them, and all the people shall say, Amen. And if you read that whole passage of Deuteronomy 27, you will not get the sense that it's a bad thing to do the things written in the law. You'll get the sense of you're supposed to do all these things that's being written right here. Okay? And to clarify, by the law, I mean the written law given to God through Moses. So if you read the whole passage, you'll think it's a good thing to do the law. And it is. That's not Paul's point here in Galatians, though. Paul's taking from that passage and trying to communicate to you If you think you can be reconciled to God and enter into relationship with him by the measure of how well you follow the law or how good you're doing or how good of a person you are, good luck. That's what it means to be under the law. You will be a slave to the law if you try to obtain a righteous standing with God that way. And the law, it's an unforgiving master. So it's not that God doesn't want you to follow the law. He does. But what Paul's trying to point out in Galatians is that serving the law as your master is just an exhausting path that will lead to death. And I mean spiritual death. Christ died to redeem you from the law and to give you a spirit of faith. 
But yet some of you, like me, have returned to being under the law. But I want to remind you, you will be under a curse as long as you choose to serve the law as your master. As long as you choose to put the law as your highest goal instead of, in faith, choosing to serve God, who's a forgiving master. So point number one, being under the law is being under a curse. Who is your master? The law or the lawgiver? If you grasp that being under the law doesn't lead to life, the natural question is, so why was the law given? Why do we even have the law then? Point number two, the law was meant to be our guardian, not our master. Let's skip down to Galatians 3.19. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now, an intermediary, an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. So is the law then contrary to the promise of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now, before faith came, before we placed our faith, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. The law in and of itself is not going to bring you life. It's not going to bring you happiness or joy. It's not going to sustain you. It's meant to show you your sin and point you to the lawgiver. The law is like this. So imagine, imagine you're a child once again, and you have a father, but your father is a wealthy father. And he's going to go away for a while on a business trip. And so while he's going to be away, he hires a tutor to be with you. And the tutor's hired to do two things. The first thing the tutor's supposed to do is to teach you who your father is. The tutor teaches you what your father's like, what he does, so that as you grow, you can know what the father's like and what he wants you to do. But the father knows that you're just a child. So the tutor's hired to also be your guardian along the way. Because the father knows you're going to make mistakes along the way. And we all do. We make mistakes along the way, right? So the tutor's supposed to be there to point out, eh, you're not measuring up here. It, this, is, this is wrong. No, this is right. You should do this. The tutor's there to be our guardian and to help show us what is right and what is wrong. The tutor's there to point you, no, this is what your father would want you to do. Okay? That is the tutor. So is that contrary to the father? 
Now, <clears throat> so is the law contrary to God? No. But the law is only there to be your tutor, to be your guardian, not your master, not your father. You don't serve the tutor. You don't serve the law. You serve the father. You serve God. And Paul is writing to say, why have you returned, Galatians, to serving the tutor? Why have you returned to being under the law? Why are you serving the tutor instead of your master? Why are you trying to impress others and yourself by how well you follow the tutor? Have you forgotten the father? The tutor was there for a reason, and it served that purpose, yet you return to being under the tutor to being under the law once again. Why? You're not justified by the law. Christ has come. Your hope is not in the law, but in Christ. Put your faith in Christ, in God. Point number two, the law was meant to be our guardian, not our master. Again, don't lose sight of this. Who is your master, the law or the lawgiver? Point number three, but now faith has come. Galatians 3.25, but now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian, for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Those who put their faith in God are no longer under the law. They do not seek salvation through their own goodness, but by faith in Christ. Being under the law is a path that leads to death. So how do you avoid death? You die. <laughs> so what do you mean? Let me explain via Romans 7.4. It's on the screen. Likewise, my brothers, you have also died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who is raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. So putting your faith in Christ means dying to the law. Dying to the notion that you can keep your end of the covenant that you can keep your end of the bargain. Dying to the notion that you can be good enough. Dying to the belief that salvation is obtained by your personal faithfulness. It's not. It can't be. Faith is saying, I can't. God can. 
Faith says, not by my works, but through Christ. Faith says, I want to know the lawgiver himself. Not just the law. Faith says, I want to be in a relationship with God. Not simply the law. Faith says, I want to serve God, not be under the law. Faith says, let me die to the law. This is faith. The story of the prodigal son. And I know everybody has heard this story. But I really needed to hear this story again. And maybe some of you do as well. So Luke 15, 11. And follow on the screen. There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of your property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. You, don't want, you want to know what faith is? This is faith. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Just treat me as one of your hired servants. This is faith. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said, bring quickly the best robe, put it on him and bring and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. Faith is dying to your own moral goodness and dying to your own understanding. It is dying to the law and saying, I want God. I want God. I want to go back to my father's house. I want to serve God and be with him. I know where I've been. I know what I've done. And I don't want that anymore. I want my father. I want God. The story continues. Let's keep going. Verse 25. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, 
he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he received him back safe and sound. But the older brother was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you. I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this. Your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. No analogy is perfect, okay? We, we all know this. No analogy is perfect, okay? This is what I call, this is what I feel called to say this morning. When Paul was writing to the Galatians, he was writing to the older son. And by that I mean he was writing to someone who was under the law. Look, see all I've done, all I'm doing. And again, this is, this is me taking that story of the prodigal son and using it towards my point, okay? This is not the exact biblical text of the story of the prodigal son or of Galatians 3, okay? But the older son was serving the law, not the lawgiver. He thought he was serving his father, but he was just serving all the rules and the commands in his mind. He was under the law and not under grace. And I'm asking you this morning, are you the older son? Are you under the law? So can you honestly say to yourself that you know the love of the Father? Can you honestly say that you have died to the law and are now under grace. And you honestly say that. Because I couldn't. Couldn't say that anymore. Here's my testimony. I lost sight of the lawgiver and started serving the law and the tutor again. I had forgotten the love of the Father, and I had returned to living under the law. So it's honestly, it's been hard to pinpoint exactly what happened, you know, but I'm just piecing things together as as I can, I guess. And I do know some things that were very influential. There were several Christian speakers, Ravi Zacharias, Mark Driscoll, Joshua Harris, and they were very influential in my life personally. Um, And they either had highly disturbing things come out against them or they just recanted their faith altogether. And that really made me doubt their faith. Um, it, you know, obviously if they recanted altogether, it would. But I began to ask myself, who did these guys even follow? Did they follow God? Because I, ha- I had a hard time believing it. 
And you would think that the obvious response to this would be, okay, they didn't follow God, but I do. Okay, you, you don't follow these men, Michael. You, you follow God, not just humans. But that was not my response. My response seemed to be something more like this. They weren't faithful. They didn't do the right thing, but I will. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm not going to fall like they fell. And I'm not saying that that was completely wrong. I'm just saying my motivation became right and wrong. It became good and evil. It became a moral standard. I was looking horizontally. I wasn't looking vertically anymore. So that, that was what I got consumed with. And it's, it's not like I was measuring up to the standard. Who can? And then COVID made it worse. I disagreed heavily with one side's response. To me, it was a thing of good and evil. Maybe it was to you too, but look, I'm not, I'm not getting into that. I'm not getting into what was actually right and what was actually wrong. I'm just telling you my story. And that had a heavy effect on me, and it just boosted my feelings of what were already brewing, and it sent me to the next level of law following. And do you know where that led to? Despair, confusion, doubt. See, I, I, I thought I was still following God. Probably how the Pharisees, at least some of them, probably thought that they were following God. Paul, you look at Paul's testimony, it sure seems like this dude thought he was following God. But he was so consumed with just what was right and what was wrong instead of looking to the person of God himself. And that's where I was at. Inside of that thinking I just started to question God himself as it just became really hard. It just became a really heavy burden to bear. And it didn't make sense to me anymore. I began to doubt if God was even real because I didn't know his love. I can remember going to Sunday school last year. It was sometime around this time. And we were going through the book of Matthew And there's the passage in Matthew that says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I can remember thinking to myself, that just doesn't make sense to me. It it just didn't make sense to me. It didn't feel easy. It didn't feel light. To me, it seemed like I was standing on the edge of a cliff. And picture in your mind, you can picture some of those just scenes where there's a cliff and there's this little raggedy, piddly wooden bridge going across to the other side. And there's this canyon below. And for me personally, it was just filled with fog. I couldn't even see to the other side. And I was expected to cross that little wooden bridge to the other side. And I couldn't, I just couldn't cross that bridge. I said to myself, 
I'd rather have what I have now. And I didn't feel like crossing that bridge. See, I thought when I said I can't cross that I lost my faith then. But I had already lost it long before because I had already turned from serving the law giver to serving the law instead. And that's why I was in despair because I was looking at that bridge and I thought I was seeing Jesus, I thought I was seeing that's, that's the way to cross the other side. And it is, okay, but that's not what I was seeing. I was looking at the law, and I thought I was looking at God. And that bridge was piddly because it was. I was looking at it for what it was, but giving it the wrong title. And that's why I began to doubt. I was looking for life in the law, and I wasn't finding it. And I didn't even realize where I was looking. I had to realize that I was under the law, that I was the older brother. You know what I hear when reading about the older brother? I don't hear somebody who actually knows God. I just don't. I don't hear somebody who has a relationship, I mean, a real relationship with the Father. I hear this, Matthew 7, 22. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? All these things that I've done, didn't I do them? In your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. See, I had to be honest with myself that I just didn't really know God anymore. So, who was the brother that knew God? It was the younger brother. How did the younger brother come to know God? Because he had been in the pig pen. He had died to the law, and in faith he returned to the Father. And the Father received him with open arms. Are you the younger brother? Are you in the pig pen? Good. (laughs) But don't let that keep you from returning to the Father. In faith, go to the Father and say, I want you, not the law. Are you the older brother? Do you need to die to the law? Do you feel like God's yoke is heavy? Because it's not. It's not heavy. Now, when we say the yoke is easy, when God says my yoke is easy, that does not mean that the path is easy, okay? What that means is the one who's driving you down the path, his yoke is easy. 
His burden is light. That doesn't make the path necessarily easier, but you know that the one who's with you, his yoke is easy. So if you feel like it's heavy, you're probably under the yoke of slavery, the yoke of the law. You know what the father in the story of the prodigal son, you know what he didn't do? He didn't run up to the son and get to him and suddenly stop and say, wait, wait, whoa. Did you come to church last week? Did you serve me at church? Did you pay your tithe? Did you vote Republican? Are you, are you holding conservative values now? Did you make yourself look good enough around everyone else that they think you're a Christian? Did you make yourself feel good enough that you feel like a Christian now? He didn't do any of that. He ran to him, embraced him, kissed him, and celebrated him. In other words, he forgave him. He restored him. No prerequisites. Nothing. He accepted him by his faith in coming to him. Look, the son had to go to him. It's not like he just waited around for God. Okay? He got out of the pig pen and went to the father in faith. It was nothing, though. That's nothing. No prerequisites other than faith. Maybe you need to go to the pig pen. If you're the older brother standing over to the side, looking horizontally at everybody else, measuring up, trying to make yourself measure up, measuring up to other people's standards, thinking everybody else should be measuring up to the standards, maybe you need to go to the pig pen. Maybe you need to have your sin exposed and you need to die to the law. Maybe that's happening right now. But hear me out. Don't stay there. Don't stay in the pig pen. Return to the Father because he's waiting with open arms. In faith, return to him. Last point. It's pretty short. Follow the law because you follow the lawgiver. Now, Michael, this, this whole time you've been saying, don't serve the law. You've been telling us, don't serve the law, right? Yeah. I have. So why follow the law? Because now you know the Father. Now the father's no longer distant. That illustration of the tutor and the father and the father going away, he's not away anymore. He's no longer distant. It's no longer just you and the tutor. You have met the father. You've experienced firsthand what he's like. Via faith in Christ, whom he set on full display his love for you, by going to this earth, living and dying on a cross, he, ex- he expressed his love for you. 
He's shown his character to you, what he's like, what he's done, what he will do. And because now you know him, you cannot help but want to be like him. Tell me, what son really knows his father, really loves his father, really has a relationship with his father, and doesn't want to do what his father wants him to do, or doesn't want to be like his father? What person? There, there is none. Faith doesn't exclude faithfulness. You know what the Father's like. Be like him. It's overflowing from you when you know the Father. It's spilling into other people around you. You can't help but want to do what he would do because that's what he would want you to do. So follow what the tutor taught you. Follow the law. Follow what God is and what he wants you to be like and to do. Follow the law because you follow God in his spirit now. I'm going to go back to Romans 7, this time verse 6. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we may serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. We're not following a list of rules. We're following our father. We're following his spirit. We serve the Spirit because we know the Father. We follow the law, not being under it anymore, but by being under grace. We follow it because obeying the words of our Father leads to life. Like earlier when we were talking about the law, if you're following the law and you're feeling despair and doubt, death, you should ask yourself, am I, am I following God? Or am I following the law? Because following God leads to life, joy, love, peace. It does not mean it's easy. But it leads to life. So we arose, we went to the Father in faith, and we were embraced by him. So don't go back to the pig pen. Why, why would you go back? That's why Paul's writing, Galatians, why, why did you go back? You've put your faith in God, so be faithful to him. Let us not return to the yoke of slavery. A little bit further in Galatians, Galatians 5.1, Paul says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Follow the law because you follow the lawgiver. Don't reverse it. Don't reverse it. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you have any questions, you can email them to Pastor Jimmy at baconscastle.com. Also, check us out on YouTube and Facebook to get to know us and see what God is doing here in Surrey. Be blessed.